let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Um, so we've been discussing in the Sefer Ekarim certain uh, proofs of, um, uh, of of God, and uh, I'd like to, if we maybe we can. He has one over here that uh, he says he thinks is a very strong proof, and it's from the Ram and the Mardavuchim, which is uh, from um, Aristotle. But before we get to that, uh, just the approach in general. The question is, we're thinking about is the approach in general of these these types of proofs. You know, like the proofs we've been discussing are like you know, based on um, certain uh, metaphysical ideas, like things that are uh, a compound have to have a cause. You know, certain types of these kinds of arguments. Um, and I'm just, just uh, wanted to hear what you think about this question. Uh, I think that most people, I think, well, it's a, I think a lot of people will say they don't really give a lot of weight to these kinds of arguments. I'm not sure why, but well, we'll discuss. They don't give a lot of weight to these kinds of arguments, right? And they'll say, um, you know, if you read through these types of arguments, they'll say like, well, these are like, you know, Aristotelian philosophical arguments. Right, but Aristotelian philosophy, those kinds of arguments were used to, to you know, understand the world in general. And those failed miserably, right? Like that type of, that type of an idea, like I can know what is real, I can know what's true, I can know the universe, the, 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 uh, the laws of science, so to speak, by speculation is, I think, proven to not be a good method, right? That's the whole scientific revolution was, um, you know, I know it's hard to believe because we're just so arrogant, but uh, before the 1600s, you know, everybody believed that uh, a heavier object or a more massive object would fall quicker than a lighter uh, object. I mean, I, you know, of course, we're not talking about uh, air resistance, things like that. That was just like a Dover Yadua, a Pasha thing, right? Until, uh, you know, one Italian uh, guy decided to uh, incline a plane and roll some, um, some balls. And lo and behold, um, it wasn't the way the great Aristotle had predicted and posited with his powerful logic. So I think that that, that fact, right, I think that fact gives people a, a great pause when they think about the validity of these arguments, if they're all, you know, if, if those, if the methodology failed so miserably over there, uh, are we justified in using it here? That's the question I ask you. Is the question clear? Uh-huh. There might still be people who are Aristotelian philosophers, but not Aristotelian physicists, <laughs> scientists. I mean, in those days, philosophy and science were kind of like the same because it was... It was like positing things like, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say. 
They didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Right? There was no experiment. There were no experimentations. They didn't experiment. Okay. You can't believe everything people say about uh, you know everything that Aristotle uh, believed or said because most of what he said, uh, a lot of the things are recorded by by Talmudim, not necessarily his own. I mean, the Ram goes through in the Mora that uh, he says certain things are said in his name, and that's not necessarily what he really held. Um, uh, you know, his, his writings. I don't think we have. Um, I'm not sure if, if it's all his or or Talmudim. You know. So, yeah, we have to be careful about that. But, like, right, yeah, just, just mentioned that people say that uh, the famous thing that, that he didn't know how to, he said there were more teeth in a man's mouth than a woman's mouth. And I, I have a hard time believing that. But, uh, but the bottom line is still is that there was, not, there was this sense that you could, um, you could figure out what the world is. Well, okay, I don't want to. I don't want to say what it is right now because uh, I want to hear what you think about it. But there was, there certainly was not a uh, a um, a scientific methodology of experimentation. So um, so they were able to posit you know things about the world in this method. So if, if that's if that wasn't good in, in science, um, you know we we'll take the idea over here, like, well, things that are combined, things that, that have, uh, that are, that are compound had to have been put together and et cetera. It's interesting, by the way, just, just very, one very interesting thing is in, in, in the, in the chapter, in the fifth chapter, the Sefer Karm quotes one of uh, Aristotle's arguments and he tears it apart and he says, it's just not right. He has this argument that um, whenever there is a combination, you'll have to be able to find each combined element independent, independently somewhere. And that's like one of these logical propositions. You know what I mean? It's just like a positing this. And now he's going to build uh, worlds on it. And Safer goes, says, no, that's not true. That's not true. I'll show you examples. So even Safer Karim recognized that, you know, there's a limitation to these kinds of arguments, and you have to do some kind of, you know, testing it out. You need a touch and love. True, what, what we can test, what they can test is different. Um, like, we can count people's teeth, but... Um, <laughs> Unless you're doing, like, the Rambam's thing, where you're talking about something that is intrinsically beyond... But they didn't... Yeah. Unless you're talking about something like what came before creation kind of thing where it's unknowable because we exist in this universe. You're not able to extrapolate anything outside. Right. But that, but does that validate a bad method? I mean, yeah. just because you can't uh, prove it or disprove it. Well, so that's well, kind of... If I can continue. It's interesting. Yeah, he had the floor. He had yeah, two yeah. points, actually. Yeah, well, the second point is kind of on that. Okay, so the question is, well, where, where did he go wrong? Let's analyze where, he, where, his, where his method went wrong. Okay, that's a fair question. Where does that go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Where does that go wrong? Was his logic faulty? Was uh, were his premises faulty? Uh, well, it depends. So, which premises do you mean? Right. There are. Right. There are. In order to. In order to. In order to uh, reach the, 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 the correct conclusion. You have to start with the right facts. Those are premises too, right? Yes. Sir. You have to have um, a methodology. You need a methodology. And you have to have a good mind, right? 
So if you have, that's what the Ram, Ram says in the in the Akdama He says if you have two chachamim who are equally intelligent, right, and have the same knowledge of the system, right, and its rules and its and its uh, premises and its operations, they will always arrive at the same result. Almost hardly ever differ. Right, you get into machlokasin when, like in Torah. When you start losing methodology, we don't know, is it klal pradu klal, is it riboy mi, it's riboy. You know, when we start losing methodology that we can't, that we have to sort of reconstruct methodology, that creates machlokasin. Because you're not doing the same thing anymore, right? And also, if you don't have the same intelligence. But if you have the, if you're starting out with the right facts, the identical, you know, method, and, and and equally good minds, there's not a randomness. There shouldn't be a randomness in it. So like math. Okay. I mean, you have two people who know how to do basic addition and give them two plus two, and they're both called the same answer. If they have equal intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that experiment fail many times. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so so the question though is, so what did Aristotle, What where was he wrong? So certainly... Certainly, in his facts, he did not have the facts that we he did not have all the facts that we start out with. That's but, for sure. That doesn't uh, that one specifically doesn't make the methodology of just thinking of thinking about it wrong. It just makes that he started with the false premise. Right. So that, that's the first thing. And the Ram himself in the Mora says that when he's criticizing Aristotle's conclusions about um, about the eternity of the universe essentially about uh, the universe running by Chochmas Hashem alone. You familiar with this? Mm-hmm. So he says, Aristotle did not have all the astronomical data that we have today. He's saying. Uh, well, right? He was, and, um, hmm? The yeah. Aristotle was a long time before the Ramos. Right, and someone will say that about us, Howie. So, um, so there was certain, there was certain, no, there was certain, there was there was certain uh, motions of the uh, of the heavens. You know, they they had a whole complicated mess with the heavens moving, right? Uh, Ptolemy, what was it? They call it the Ptolemy, yeah, epicycles and all that stuff. And uh, part of Aristotle's conclusion, Socrates, uh, Ram says, was based on uh, a certain uh, certain consistency with things further out, moving forward, whatever it was. He says if he would have seen these things, he would have he would he would have had a different idea. So he did say he does throw that at him, different uh, different approach to uh, different different facts to start with. Yeah. So on that, um, how- I mean, it, you get into a very difficult question: How many facts do you need? To- know before you can safely um, develop a, a, a system well, of knowledge. That's what we were saying last time about right? Well, you know, the truth. Right? right. Right. That's that's what I'm saying is that like this it's, it's like if I wanted to study a... uh, human psychology and I just studied one person, that wouldn't be a very good uh, study. Right. right? Study two people, I get closer. How many do you need? Yeah, exactly. I mean uh, three or what was Khazaka? Two or three? How many times does the, does the how many times do we have to does the shore have to gore to say it's uh, it's, it's an aggressive? Uh, but um, it's a good question. It's a good question, Chizio. But um, 
I mean, and if we can't answer it, then it ends up being that we can't. Also. So, so basically, what you said, well, well you're, you're saying over here is what people are saying over here is he he just started out with there's an old there's an old computer saying right, garbage in, garbage out, right. Mm -hmm. So if you have bad data going in, of course you can have bad results coming out. So right. one 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 approach is well, in terms of the science, I mean he did he did what he could given his uh, given that uh, given the data where he was stuck in Athens. Uh, you know, the internet was down, and uh, what was he supposed to do? So he was a, an active, creative mind. He took whatever information he could find, and he developed the theory out of it. And you know what? Maybe that's the right thing to do until someone finds more information and 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 pokes the holes in it. But uh, maybe it is a good idea to take whatever you have and try to develop the best theory you can. And we're only, we're all just approximating right. truth. We're all just building models. Right. Right. If everyone was waiting until he got all the facts, you would never... Exactly, exactly. It's well, like uh, Kohelis. You're going to wait for the perfect time to plant. You'll never plant. So uh, what are you supposed to do? He's an honest. Yeah. But I just want to know, I, I want to complete the thought. So, so there, but... So that's in his science. So I'm just trying to say, so this is one but approach. In but in philosophy, we have all the facts. We have all the facts. Because the facts are simply uh, ideas about uh, metaphysics is, is not an experimentation, not an experiment-oriented uh, science. And the results aren't going to be different by uh, witnessing a different, uh, you know, uh, spiral galaxies and crab nebulae none of these things are going to change <laughs> none of these discoveries dna none of these discoveries are going to change the fundamental uh, questions of of the of the idea of does a thing need a cause and can a cause be within itself and is there such a thing as um as intrinsic existence those are those are kind of what they call metaphysics right <laughs> everybody uses the term meta these days right <laughs> but uh it, it really means it's beyond it's beyond the physics and in that sense in a certain sense it doesn't it's not so much dependent on the particulars of your of your science there is always there is always an interesting crossroads between science and philosophy i always thought it was a little overblown i mean uh to think that uh because in newton's day people thought uh, everybody was determined was a deterministic robot and now that they have uh random randomness people think we have free will i never understood what what, what one system had to do with the other but but there are certainly connections between um you know physics and philosophy but um but for the whole for the most part when we're talking about proofs and ideas about god we're we're discussing you know more like innate basic concepts that uh that are really just about like we were discussing a couple weeks ago how man approaches and analyzes anything and is and like and like moshe was was uh getting at before every experiment even the most modern experiments even in the most modern science, you still have to have some intellectual guidance about what question you ask. So you're always so the, so the the realm of the in the realm of physics, you're he you could have been very greatly hampered by the available data that he had, from which he had to develop 
you know, a basic uh, a basic idea of science. And what can you do? Bad, bad, bad information in. You're going to get bad information out. But that still is the intelligence, and his intelligence wasn't it wasn't a fault of his intelligence. It was a fault of that uh, of that uh, of, of circumstance. But in analyzing the the basic questions about existence and existence itself, there's really no new facts that, that come to light. There really are no new facts. We might have new entities. We might have new things that we didn't know existed before, but they still are of the same sort of. They still are. Are, are broken down in some category in the mind that always existed of um, of of a dependent existence or an existence that owes its that owes itself to cause or, or or no cause and those ideas are still the fund the foundation of the arguments of uh, of God for God unless right the only thing that 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 what certain philosophers tried to do is to, uh, we discussed this a little before, is to try to undermine the mind, <clears throat> right? To undermine the ability for the, for the, to undermine or to challenge the proposition that we have within us a faculty that can penetrate uh, the physical reality and plumb the depths of, the depths of truth, right? Like, like Jung, Yumach Shemel. Right, he tried to say that there's no such thing as thinking. You know, there's no such thing as cause and effect. You never, you never heard that. Wow. Right. Like so, 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 so that's uh, you know tried to undermine the 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 process of the mind. And of course, um, you know, comically, he tried to explain why most people think that there is cause and effect. Right? We've discussed. <laughs> We've discussed this. We've discussed this. You never gets old. He says he, he thinks most people think there's cause and effect because did I just say cause? Okay, but anyway, because uh, they see one thing follow the other all the time. They always see. I'll, I'll admit I've been to a pool hall in my life. Yeah, I've always seen the, when the ball hits when the white ball hits the the other ball, the other ball moves. So you always see that. So you're just used to that. But did you ever? But but did it? Is it? Can you prove that one caused the other? So his thing is, no, you can't prove it. But you get this sense of cause and effect because you always see them happening one after the other. <laughs> correlation, basically. But that correlation is what causes you... But that's the trick. That, that's the joke. If there's no cause and effect, then how is he explaining yeah. what causes people to think that there's cause and effect? So that's where... Bertrand Russell has, has fun with that. But, uh, <laughs> but the point is that once you're going to try to deny the mind with the mind, you're gonna, always going to get stuck in these crazy sounds problems. Like, it sounds like a... Well, because you try to somehow deny it. It could also be that he had a, that he had a different methodology completely. Well, I don't, think you, can, I don't think you can deny that he had a different methodology. Now, you could say, you could then hours, then, then modern uh, physics. Uh, but you could say that he was... He had he he that was the best methodology given the information that he had. He could say such a thing, but let's define his methodology a little bit because I think that's really what I wanted to try to understand a little better. I don't know if anybody's familiar with it, but like the the and and, I, and I'm not by any stretch of the you know of the imagination or an expert in in his uh, physics. Uh, you know, 
I, I don't claim any knowledge in it other than what I've heard, you know, secondhand. But um, the basically the, the approach of physics was that the world exists in the way that it quote unquote should. Uh, exactly. Have you ever heard of something like that? Oh, yeah. In other words, like as opposed to in the way it should. In other words, if you if you have a conviction that the world has a certain perfection, right, and it exists in this perfect way, then you can think about well, what is perfect? You understand what I'm saying? And then you can say, well, that's how the world must be. Right. Bit, that's the question. Yeah, it is. Is it circular? Mm, I don't know if it's circular. Circular happens to be one of the big perfections, though. All <laughs> right, now, yeah, that's true. Right? It's one of the like, ancient symbols. Of yes, that's right. So there was this feeling, there was a sense that the, right. the spheres must be perfect spheres right. going in perfect circles. You know what I mean? Because there was this conviction that man's mind um, can understand perfections. That's what man's mind does. And it only, it's only right that the world should be the most perfect it could be. And therefore, we have the right to sit back and think about these pure ideas. And uh, like, uh, you know, um, why, is the, uh, why do things fall to the ground? Because that's where they belong. You know I mean, that's their place. Yeah. And that might sound a little circular, but that's their place. And um, the most important thing is always in the center. You know what I mean, these are like notions, certain notions. And if you believe that the reality of the universe is in line with these perfections that you kind of mm, intuit, but someone said, someone said, yeah. So where do these notions come from? These notions come from examples, certain examples. Yeah. It seems almost instinctual. Uh, it's almost that's something we can't program with. It's it's kind, kind of like a yeah, a certain appeal. But the point is like this. The point is that was I think that was a large part of the derech of the meta, of the physics. That that's why physics and philosophy were, were practically identical, because um, it was built on a certain idea. Geometrics. Yeah, exactly. By the way, even the Kepler had some of these notions, you know, with the harmonics and stuff. Like like Greek uh, architecture was largely like the rectangle was largely like. So so anyway, so I think that was a real problem. Uh, so that premise was wrong. That premise and that method was wrong. But again, I agree with your second point, that that's a question of positing, of thinking, of thinking about what should be. There was a certain notion that you could, you could see what is by what should be. But that's making predictions about what the way things are by how they should be. But our study is a study of what is yes, and, and how it came to be. It's different. It's again, again, it's not, it's not the, it's not the question of, of uh, phys- the, his physics was, was deeply flawed. 
Now you could argue, was it his fault, not his fault, was that the best type of physics you could have given the limited information? Those are all arguments that we can, you know, you can, they can give uh, professional philosophers, uh, you know, careers. But um, in terms of what, what uh, for, for our point, it's, it's, it, it does, it, it, for us, it's, uh, the important point is that the approach to physics is completely different from the approach to metaphysics. And although there are flaws, I think, in, in we could certainly point to flaws in the physics, that doesn't mean that there's a flaw in his thinking and the methodology of thinking, which is essentially the methodology of the mind. And as it applies to the idea of existence, that is unchanged. And those ideas, I don't think, uh, are uh, ones that are subject to experimentation, like we're saying. And, um, and, and, and they're just a part of the, of the reality of, uh, of the mind. And to the degree that we trust the mind, the mind. <laughs> right, in, in its perception of what, uh, of what is, then the, the proofs are still uh, just as, uh, as solid. To project into what we think exists based on what we see, that's a different question. That's, that's, a, that's a physics question, and that he was wrong about. I think things ultimately, I mean, that... You know, was, there was a certain idea, kind of like your there idea. Is a perfection to the... There was a certain idea that the law, that they were like the laws of nature were kind of like outside nature, like ideals that are forming nature. You know what I mean? Like ideals. Not that there's a character within the physical, within the, phys- within the physical matter itself. And you can't predict what the physical, you can't predict what that character is. So... Yeah, for the I mean, so like, like uh, right, the, the, the famous the famous things of, uh, of Aristotle being wrong, like I mentioned before, is the heavier thing falling faster. And also that force uh, is used up, like force is a, a certain amount of force and the object slows down because it's running out of the force. Those, those are the two famous examples of where he's wrong. That's but it's hard to defend them on those. It is hard to defend them on those. Because of things falling fast. I mean, the criticism, I think, I think the criticism in those, on those points is like, he was too reliant on the mind. I mean, like we, we have this problem when you're learning. Everybody who learns a sugya has the same, the same question yes, that uh, the physio was asking. How much, fa- how many facts do you need before you make a svar? Before you have confidence in making a, in making a svar? Right. So you'll learn with guys who are, there are certain people who just, you know, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm not saying it in a good way either, but they just love abstract, you know, uh, ideas. And so much so that uh, when they see one word that, uh, you know, triggers some, um, a, some, uh, some uh, you know, uh, idea, um, they just latch onto it and they feel they don't need to go any further. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm saying it's a proto it's a prototype. It's a prototype. You know what I mean? Like the uh the chacham, the right you know, I mean you have different guys. You have different guys. You can make a you can make like a, a cast of characters, yeshiva characters, right? 
So there's the, the there's that kind of area. So that's the I think that's the criticism. Like he was too interested, right? He was too it was overconfidence in in his svara. There was an overconfidence in the svara, but because he was convinced that the world works that way, once he once he saw something moving, something happening, and it fit in with a svara that made sense to him, that was it. So why does the ball stop rolling? Well, obviously you put energy, you put a force into it, and the force ran out. Right? You don't need to go any further. It makes perfect sense. Uh, but it's it, it, it's a certain conclusion. It's a faulty conclusion. They already made the conclusion that the world is working according to these predetermined notions of, of what is, uh, quote-unquote, you know, sensible. As opposed to saying there's an internal thing in the material. We don't know what, we don't know what it is. We have to pry it open. We have to prod it. We have to bang it around and then experiment with it. We, can, we don't have the right to come with, with what's sensible to us, see an expression and say, that's it. You know what I mean? That's interesting. To say, does the world have to have a story? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Does that have to have a spot? As in, like, the, like as in how it works? Can it be? Or... So there has to be there has to be we don't believe in we don't believe the world is chaotic right we don't we do believe that there is consistency and uh, and it's subject to um, quanti- quantification right and expression of laws so we do believe there is some kind of quantifiable method of logic behind it can we understand it like like uh, like something that's with with an idea that's familiar to our minds that's that's an arrogance to say that is an arrogance i think the ram says it's it's false to believe that man will be able can understand is capable of understanding all of the um the, uh, the laws of nature, all of uh, the, the, the way the universe works. Just like it's, why should just like it's, it's just faulty to believe that uh, the only thing that exists is what uh, the eye can see. So the eye is a tool of, uh, of perception, and there's it's just arrogance to say that what I can't see doesn't exist. So the mind is a t- is also a tool of perception in a different uh, framework, and there's also arrogance to say. That whatever is beyond my intelligence uh, doesn't exist, or ipso facto, anything I can, anything that exists, uh, I can understand. So, but 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 we do believe that it, that it works with some consistency, some some logic. Not that's the foundation of science. That the same science, that uh, the same rules that apply here apply on. Uh, you know, uh, in the farthest reaches of the universe. So it's not, you know, I mean, it's not chaotic, but do we have to be able to have some, you know, uh, does it have to fit into some uh, idea in our mind? Does it mean that we have the ability to perceive that 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 that, that logic? That's not necessarily true. You can't have all of the definition. It's like It's like chukum, right? All right, let's say a person says, well, a thing can't create itself. That's my logical proposition. A thing can't create itself. And you'll say, that's what you say. But the who, maybe, maybe in reality it does. Yeah. Maybe it really does. 
That's what your mind tells you, but maybe it really does. <laughs> so I think what we're saying is like this. I think what we're coming down to is like this, that, that um, like Yosef was asking, you have to, have to have a basic premise over here, right? <clears throat> Our basic premise is that we have a that our mind is a tool of under of, of of reality our mind is a tool of uh perceiving and uncovering reality if we don't believe that then there's no reason to think about anything right if we don't believe that then there's no reason to argue about anything because none of our arguments correspond to reality so that is definitely the basic premise of any kind of method of thinking. If anybody is thinking about something, it's because they believe, they have a conviction that there is, that their mind is a tool for uncovering truth about things, right? Otherwise, you just, right? Now, in terms of the question that I, that I raised before, the thing creating itself and those kinds of things. So we can certainly say, we can say with conviction that if we say, if we're saying that the mind is a tool of discovering that that corresponds to reality, and I can show you that something is an impossibility in the mind, okay, then we are justified in saying it's an impossibility in reality. Okay, this is just work, still working with that premise. Just because the mind can't perceive it doesn't mean it's an impossibility. There's a difference between the two, right? So that's like, <clears throat> we say, that's like Sajigon says, you know, people say, why can't God uh, do the impossible? Why can't God make the square circle? And don't, don't try to give me tricky answers of what it means. It can't be a square and a circle. Okay. So, so he says, he says, uh, because the impossibility is not a thing. And God can do anything. Right. But an impossibility is not a thing. So, to, so at least we could say, we could say that, that, that with the premise of the mind is a tool of. Or, you can't do the impossible because there's no. There's nothing, to do. there's nothing to do, right? So, in, in a similar sense, we could say with with metaphysical ideas, with ideas about metaphysics, that we can also we can also say that was like that 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 an idea that if I have an idea of causation, like a thing causing itself, which is intrinsically contradictory, then we can say that it doesn't, it cannot exist because it's an impossibility in the mind. It's a non-idea. And therefore, it doesn't it can't relate to any reality. If we're going to have the premise that our minds are a tool of, of reality, and if not, we have nothing to talk about. And as we can't fully understand what God God's existence, but that doesn't mean He doesn't exist, right? <laughs> it's because there's no contradiction, right? Is this, is this ultimately coming back to the question of one of the earlier things about? And and if my mind can tell me that certain things are impossible and therefore demand a certain cause, that is also justified. Now that's, but that, that's the very realm of metaphysics. Wait, See, one second. If certain things demand a certain cause, then I'm justified in positing that cause, uh, right? That truthfully is the realm of the, of the metaphysics that we're dealing with. The most fundamental 
ideas of, of, <clears throat> of the nature of existence. And it really is, is striving for those most basic logical propositions. Okay. As opposed to science, which is trying to develop a and posit other realities based on based on extrapolating from premises. Those are always speculative. Those are always more speculative and always depend on um, on the uh, validity of your of your of your starting uh, material and your and the method that you believe can project you forward into the into the unknown. But the metaphysics is not that same methodology. The metaphysics is more just analyzing the 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 basic ideas of existence and measuring it up against basic logical principles and those logical principles are essentially um, uh, infallible to the degree that we believe we can think to the degree that we believe we can think there's certain arguments that are absolute otherwise you have to give up on your mind and who would be giving up on the mind? The mind. That would be the problem. So you can't do that either. So the gorilla brain could do it, but he wouldn't know he's a gorilla brain. So, but the, yeah. So like the discussion of, of what type of existence needs a cause and one doesn't need a cause, and like like we mentioned that the philosophers make fun of people who who say who who say uh, who say God exists because uh, otherwise the universe. Otherwise, there's no cause for the universe. And he said, oh, but then there's no cause for God. But that philosophy doesn't understand that, that there's, within the logic of the mind, there are things that require cause and things that don't require cause. And there are existences. If an existence is a dependent, meaning dependent on construction, dependent on the combination, uh, subject to degradation, therefore uh, composed, those kinds of things demand a cause but 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 a non-physical a non-physical existence an unchanging non-physical existence doesn't it's a different kind of a thing it's a different kind of existence it's not just swapping uh one thing one eternal for uh, for another eternal it's uh it's demonstrating that certain things demand um a causation and certain other uh, and certain things well, namely, one other thing doesn't. That's right. But but to their right, but to them, it's just see the ones who criticize it is, they are just saying, well, you're just arbitrarily taking one thing and saying it's eternal, and there and therefore you're calling it God. But that's that's reverse. We're looking for the thing that conceptually doesn't need a cause, and that's we've identified that unique existence of God by definition. That's right. It doesn't need a cause. And it doesn't need a cause because it's, uh, well, intrinsic no. existence. That, that's what the... Uh, yeah. anything that has need. Right, no, so the answer to my, I mean, <coughs> my answer to, to that question is that basically science is, is science is a study of, of, of the world and trying to determine what it, how it truly exists, in what manner it truly exists, in what form it actually takes. So you want to try to analyze the, um, the, the you have certain data that you, uh, that you collect and you try to build a, a theory, a unifying theory of how it's uh, operating. But that's always projecting into the uh, unknown. You're always trying to posit certain, uh, uh, the, un the unknown from the known, right? You, you see actions and you're trying to posit laws. 
you see uh, events, you're trying to posit causes of that, what is driving those things. And that is something that is always speculative. And any scientist, any, any scientist knows he is uh, entering into speculation to the best of his degree. And he's always prepared for the next uh, piece of information that will undermine it, okay? Because he's building a model and, um, and that's just, just an approximation. But again, you're studying, uh, you're studying what you think the rest of the story is of the of the of what you of what you know, and you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. We see motion here, right? But but metaphysics. This is my contention. Metaphysics is really more in line with the study of the of the knowledge of the mind itself, because you're you're questioning uh, you're, you're questioning the, the, the because right because. You're analyzing the the world. You're analyzing what is, and you're analyzing the basic, fundamental cause, question of of whether the world needs a causation or not, and and what type of existence needs causation and what type of existence doesn't. And you're going to work with certain logical premises, but those are basic. There, you're really analyzing the the. The um, you're not you're not trying to take what is and project forward. You're trying to understand just the presence and the existence of the most basic fundamental uh, idea of, of existence itself. And that and and in that regard, the only tool we have is really the logic of the mind, and it's an analysis that really. Um, um, is questioning and uh, and probing uh, just based on the premise that the mind is in, that the mind is the tool for for uncovering the reality, and you're and you're using though that methodology uh, of things that the mind says can exist and can't exist. Science is more a question of what might exist and what do I think. Uh, is out there? Do I go by what should exist? Do I go by um, a certain methodology of of uh, experiment? But you're always probing what uh, you're always probing what is uh, beyond, right? What is out there? So, but uh, what what you're in the realm of the F-shar. There was there's there's a realm of F-shar possibilities. Science is in that realm. There are many possibilities of how the world is is going, how it's operating. And science is trying to find the one that is most correct, right? But in the, in, the, in the study of metaphysics, I think it is more in line with the questions of the, what we call the, chay, the, the chayev and the yesher, what must be and what cannot be. And there's certain those, and the analysis of what is necessary and impossible is more the, those are the tools that we use in analyzing the world in terms of metaphysics, in terms metaphysics of its beginning, in the terms basics, of its, the basics, that's right. And in the realm of the of the chayev and the of the necessary and the impossible, that's a function of the mind itself, and that doesn't change. It's a very important. It's an important chiluk that the Rambam mentions many, many times. That you have to break. We break things up into the necessary the impossible and the possible science is the realm of the possible 
But the meta, the question of the metaphysics and the proofs, those are more in line with using using ideas of, of necessary and impossible. Yeah, that's a good point. The metaphysics is working with the premise of science, that there must be a, a, an explanation, there must be a cause. And it's applying it to the to the existence itself. The premise is always right. Yeah, he's saying like Avram is saying, there must be a cause. There must be a cause. And he's looking for what that cause might be. And he recognized that the cause has to be something outside of the universe. It's not the sun, it's not the moon, all, all those things. But it was, yeah, that's, that's a, so that was that type of a, a methodology. Recognizing that um, looking for a cause, the, the idea of the search for the cause, that is a premise of the mind. And that's something that, uh, you know, that, uh, that you can't, like Hume says, you can't prove it, but that's just the mind. That's part of the mind itself. And the, um, the, 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 in the metaphysics, that, that is, a, that's, a, that is a, uh, that's a truth that, that we're working with. And we're going to utilize in Chakira certain principles of, like I'm saying, Possible and impossible. Yeah, and Avram definitely engaged in that type of an inquiry. As the Ram tries to show on the mower that with Avram, he came up with the idea of creation as opposed to the eternal universe. Okay.